Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. For your mama. How's it going out there, Drama Free Beer Lane? Um, as always, I'm Chad, your host. I'm here with Joey. And uh, we are on site of Toppling Goliath and a new brewery today. Um, Clark is sitting right in front of us. Clark, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Hey, hi there, everybody. This is Clark Louie from Toppling Goliath. Guys, we're excited to be here. We're on pre-Assassin Day Eve, the first release ever at the new brewery, fantastic brewery. We got to walk around a little bit before uh, before we got this podcast, and uh, it's amazing. I like it. It's come a long way from the, the old tap room, which I, I, I like it. That's, yeah. that's, you know, reminiscent. I love it. I, I want to go buy it later just to remember the, the good times we had there. Um, you know, this is a beer podcast, as, as uh, I always mention, and we've opened a, a beer inside here with, to share with Clark. We're drinking... Waldworks French Toast Stout. Clark wanted to uh, sample this for some uh, research and comparisons, and uh, we're okay with that. Um, so, Joey, if you want to start with some questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's see what we're going to start. We'll start with it pretty easy. Yeah, I can hit softballs pretty well. Good for him. <laughs> like so it, like it. We'll, we'll try to lob it in there for you. Let's start with this one. Um, let's talk about your favorite non-topping Goliath beer. Oh, that's that's always a tough, a tough question uh, because I have a lot of beers that I really like to drink that are not our beers. Um, yesterday, I was drinking some fun beers. Um, our friend John Kimmich from the Alchemist sent us a box congratulating us on the new brewery. So we were having some heady copper and uh, focal banger last night. So you know, those were some of my favorites last night. Those are really nice. I just had a beer out in Massachusetts. That really got my attention. It's from a brewery called Exhibit A. Yeah. It was a really, it's a small brewery, but it really, really a nice beer. Of course, um, I like locally. I like to drink beers uh, from our neighbor right across the river from New Glarus. Yeah. You know, very, very nice beers, especially in the Midwest. Who doesn't like to sip over and grab a nice twelve pack of cans of Moon Man? Oh, share, share with great summer friends. beer. Great summer um, beer. You know, when I when I'm drinking some barrel. Age beers. I've been really, I always love Central Waters beers. I've been really getting into, into some biologic beers being made from the West Coast. Doing a great job. Yes, exactly. I brought a biologic beer out uh, in the car, actually. There you go. Maybe if you have some time, we can open it up. So, also, I got to give a plug to my friend whenever I'm traveling down south. We can grab his beers, both his hoppy beers. And his barrel-aged beers uh, being made by Doug Down and Cycle Brewing. Oh, absolutely. They're pretty nice beers to get your hands on right there. So he, he does a good job with all spectrums of what he's doing. Love their stuff. Everything I've had, I mean, 
They're, yeah. they're doing good work. They're doing God's work in the beer, yeah, beer community for sure. Yeah. So let's flip it real quick. What about your favorite TG beer? I know it's hard to pick one there too, but pick what's your favorite? Your yeah, that's, you know, that's really a tough thing to do as well because my palate was all over the place. So when I answer this question, I like to think to myself, if there were only one of our beers that I could, I could drink all the time and that was the only beer I could drink. Desert Island beer, yeah. Exactly, Desert Island beer. I'd have to say it'd be a Pompeii. And you know, okay. there's all kinds of different beers jumping into my mind for first place. I love our Super Sumo, our Super Sumo is fantastic. But for me, I really enjoyed Mosaic Hop. Yeah. And, you know, when we nail that hop, there's just it's a lot of chocolate. Specifically, I get a lot of pineapple out of it when yeah. we nail it. And to me, it's just a real nice, crushable beer. So that would be my beer. And there's, I don't need to offend Zealander. Yeah. Who doesn't love so soon? King Su, but you know, if you're on an island and you're just drinking King Su, yeah, it'd be great until you're third one and then the next day. Exactly. So that's why I would pick Pompeii. So, um, you know, being local to Des Moines and I'm from originally Gavinsport, um, we, we, we're seeing a lot of the new cans and those cans have been phenomenal as you guys were dialing in the new, the new tanks and the new batches. And I see King Sue is coming to Cannes soon. Is that is that confirmed or was that a rumor in the beer world? No, it's true. It's true. Um, we do actually have the cans in house, so everything is is approved with our partner, the Field Museum, which the Field Museum changed their logo this year. Uh-huh. I think they haven't done a logo change for I think it's been 20 years. So they've got a cool new logo, and also um, everyone knows of our well. Hopefully everyone knows of our partnership and the attention we like mm-hmm. to bring to their mission, the Field Museum. So we're looking at Kingsu uh, being hands possibly in that May, June time frame. Cool. So the the um, cans are in house and we do have a beer scheduled for our, for our brewing cycle. Such a good beer. Four packs, 16 ounce cans? It will be, yes. Cool. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. That's about as good as representation of the citra hop and the double that. It's, I can get my hands it's on. One of my favorites. It's a good beer, yeah. I love, love the logo too. I mean, it, it is such a good beer. I mean, um, so we'll, we'll turn here off the of beer real quick. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Decora? Uh, probably my family. I would have to say, yeah, for sure. Um, next to that is our lifestyle. Um, I'm a very avid outdoorsman, and. Um, I've been hiking and biking and fishing, and for me, ball hunting, uh, mushroom hunting, time in the outdoors is, is pretty awesome here in Decorah. Uh, the lifestyle, the community is, is a very diverse community. Uh, it's just also a very friendly community here. So uh, I, it, it's the type of place where you're going to be saying hi to people when you're walking down the street. People will go out of their way to help you. Uh, we basically, we all get along pretty good. Those small town personality stuff. Yes, exactly. Still college town too, right? It's pretty much a Luther. It is. It is. Uh, we've got a, a great college in town, Luther. Um, the students are some some really fun students. We do recruit Luther. We've had some great part timers, and we've had some uh, some staffers that started as part time and became full time for Luther. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the support of their faculty mm-hmm. and the support of the alumni, the parents, uh, the parents and the alumni all give us. Coming to town, or, yeah, yeah. coming to see the kids, parents' day, weekends, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, I really, I, I like the location here. I mean, there's a lot more room, the brewery, um, you know, a lot more people fitting in. So when parents come in for alumni week and, and see their kids, they can come in and everybody can be here as opposed to being packed in that, that uh, old tap room, which I still love because I really love the glass, yeah. uh, the, the, the ceiling in that tap room. Was, it had a lot of character. It, was, it, it, it did, it did. You know, the feel there is a lot like your neighborhood establishment. And it's in such a way that it's very user friendly to get to. Yeah. It's not like you've got to go through a big rigmarole. You just walk on in, and there you go. You've got a whole group of people that will welcome you just like your their next door neighbor. They'll talk to you about our beers. It kind of reminds me of what you would say a cheers atmosphere would be. Yeah. Where you know people really want to get to know you, and they'll talk about beers with you and they'll talk about the core with you, they're also interested in what brings you to the core. So I find that pretty engaging. Um, the good news about our, our small downtown location is that we did sell the building, so it, it's going to be opening up as a craft beer location in Decora. They're not going to change the model very much. And, you know, there's been a lot of buzz about this. Some, some good, there have been some people that actually think, oh, this is a good way to get around the laws. It's really not true yeah. because that account will hold the class B license, and sure, they're going to sell our beer, but it's just like if the Rubion or T-Box sells our beer. They, they still buy it through a distributor, yeah. and that's the way it works with their business. Very nice. So is it going to be essentially like a, like a bottle shop, or is it just a tap room? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be more of a tap room. I don't know their complete business model, but I don't think they'll have bottles to go also uh, off there, but you know, I'll have to wait and see their business model. I'm making the guy a little nervous. I'm taking a picture because I'm gonna put him on Twitter here pretty quick. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, that's fine. I wasn't, yeah. sure. I wasn't sure if you're if you're. I saw I saw the picture. You're fine. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we solicited questions on our Facebook page on our blog uh, or our podcast Facebook page, and one of the questions is coming out of Cedar Rapids, and they're really looking. Um, I guess. I didn't really read the question before I posted it, but it says, when are you going to get some of these stouts on Tap and Cedar Rapids, which your stouts are usually the big hitters. You know, you've got, you know, Morning Delight, you've got um, SR-71, you've got Assassin. Um, I guess the question from the user or the, the viewer or listener was, when, are, when are, is a cake going to come? But you don't really have to answer that because that's that's what, you know, you know I can logistics. answer it. I can answer it. Cedar Rapids, we appreciate the love been just critical for us. We cut our teeth uh, in Cedar Rapids, and you know what? It's time we got you a King of Our Base style. So we'll, we'll put you on the map. I know typically the draw tends to be um, the very best, which is you know, basically mm-hmm. the Marquee and Fryer now, yeah. and also you know the Des Moines Beer Festival is awesome. That's also a real festival. But you know it's time to get something fun for Cedar Rapids. So whoever that listener is, that asker. Nice job. We're, we're going to get it done for you. All right. I will mention something also about, about stouts and taco and Um Mike has been working feverishly on a project we've been talking about for a while that will bring you a stout that is going to really be pleasing. The first time we made it, we made it with the second runnings of Morning Delight, and we call it Morning Latte. Okay. It's not going to be your imperial stout, but it's going to be a really nice creamy lactose stout, so it's basically a milk stout, and it's, it's just going to be very, very encouraging to drink it, and it's based on the base of Morning Delight. 
Right. So as you know, it's a big sell. Yeah. A lot of attention, even though it's not barrel aged. So we we bring that to market. We'll also be looking looking to uh, have that out in draft, yes. and that'll be uh, hopefully uh, awesome. Find many homes in Cedar Rapids. Awesome. Um, so that's so, a great news, by the way. Yeah, there breaking you go. News. You guys heard it here. We're we're breaking news. I like it. Feels good. Um, so with the switch to cans, are you looking to do more canning as opposed to the bombers? What was what's the theory behind the the, the 16 ounce four pack versus a 22 24 ounce bomber? Uh, are you looking to make that switch? Are you trying to find a happy medium between the beers that you put in bombers versus cans? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we really do like cans, our favorite vessel. We always planned on being a brewery that cans. We just think it's a vessel that travels better. Yeah. And it's a more appropriate serving um, than our 22 ounce bottle. Well, more so, yeah. what we're going to look to the beers that we make on a routine basis, all of those will eventually be in the can lineup. And the beers that we have the hops only make a couple times a year, or if we're coming out with something new, we'll kick out those all in bombers. We still want to continue to get you some great beers and bombers because, you know, we've done a good job with it. And, it, and it, you know, glass is good tasting beer also. But, you know, it doesn't travel well if you're going in to the parks or, you know, if you're out on the sandbar, actually, it's illegal. It's illegal for glass, right? You know, so you, so you don't really want that. And, uh, in my opinion, also, aluminum is recycled better. A lot, a lot of people don't know it, but a lot of the glass actually just ends up ground back in the sand, yeah. you know, again, so that's kind of our, our feelings about that. So we'll, we'll, you'll continue to see our bombers, it's just, you'll see as beer starts to get better and we start to align ourselves with more hot contracts, we'll move that over into cans. Perfect, I like it. Any, any uh, thoughts on crowlering too? You know, when the crowler machine first came out, we were pretty excited. I was actually one of the first people to order it. And I ended up canceling my order, and here's why. Um, the crowler can be really misfilled easily. Oh, yeah. So what, what we, we did... had this conversation last yes, night to a certain extent. Oh, exactly, exactly right. What we did was we tested the crowlers. So we bought them from around the country and shipped them back to us. Okay. And one of the tests we did, we found an account that would send us a King Sioux crowler. And when we got it, it was absolutely horrible. We tested it. You know, it was chunk full of oxygen, which is yeah. way too much oxygen in it. And so for us, we kind of thought about it. We thought, you know what? We're going to steer away from that because with a grower, people don't tend to recycle them. They tend to reuse them yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. With the crawler, it's one-time use. And you've got to recycle it. So we actually think that it's, it's not only a better vessel for, for the beer. With your grower, uh, we just think it's... Uh, it's, it's more better for the environment not to use crowlers. So we're not going to have that direction. We do like stainless steel crowlers. So and they stay cold or long? Yeah, I yeah. like them too. They're double insulated. Yeah. We do like them. you got to be on your AA can film because you can't see it. But right. we've gotten pretty good at it. So we do encourage that. That, that was a great question. And you know what? Some breweries are filling crowlers really good. You know, one, one brewery that I drink a lot locally when I'm there, it's Forager Brewing Company, Rochester. Uh, Rochester, and you know, you can't buy their beer in, in the marketplace, but you can get prowlers to yeah. open them, mm-hmm. and they do a great job filling them, just like my friends out in Barrel Theory. You know, I mean, when you get a prowler of their beer, they absolutely nail it. You know, we've had some other prowlers, like I said, some local prowlers, we've had prowlers of our beer that just, you know, we run them through the lab, and it's like, 
it just didn't hold up. So yeah, past QA. I think that that invites uh, another question. You're more welcome to opt out of it, but Bruho and what happened with Sudosu or what? I guess oh, the, the, the Bruho cans, you know, especially when when the new cans from from the new facility hit the market and the old cans from Bruho. I think that's where you're going, yep. right? It, it, it's the difference in the quality. Much different. Much different. So basically what you're tasting is the difference between the wire profile in Florida mm-hmm. and the wire profile in Iowa. So mm-hmm. we just have much better wire here. Of course. So the, the plan with that was, and I have to say, I still am really proud of the partnership. I understand the difference in taste in beers where our beers are in the market. But that really helped us say, all right, if our beers were packaged, in cans, would consumer think they would be good beers that could be established in demand, which we get. You know, states that wanted our beer were not getting any of our beer. Yeah. So they were actually pretty happy when we started to get our beer from our partnership in Lincoln. So they they thought, hey, this she looks just you can pay all in for a fair price. Yeah. You know, and, and we get a lot of laugh, especially from our local, our local consumers that had tasted our beer and just knew that we we make it cleaner. Yeah. It's much cleaner beer. So yeah. I will say that partnership it, it has ran its course. I'm very proud of the partnership um still and by us creating the volume of them, which is exactly their mission, it's where small breweries come to grow. Yeah. It gave us the confidence to build this uh, brand new fifteen million dollar facility here to take over all of that volume. Yeah. And you can see it and I know you can taste the difference. We hear it, although it's funny. Just last week, I got a complaint, and all complaints come to me, and the complaint was, oh, what is wrong with your beer? It's much better than it was clear and filtered beer from Florida. Oh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. It, that has not, you know, that's been in the minority, but there are people out there that are saying that. You can't please anybody when it comes no, down to it. I mean, got you know, I was very happy to see it start brewed in house and, and bring that decor soup and that you know that decor golden nugget. The golden nugget first run of golden nugget was bar none one of the best golden nugget batches I've ever tasted. Hey, thank you for that. And I, right now. Yeah, and I and I I come up here quite a bit and I I really love it. I'm I'm one of those you know hyped haze boys. You know, I really love the hazy and that 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 golden nugget was just I mean, the imperial golden nugget. Actually, this leads me to another question that's not even on our list. Is Imperial Golden Nugget coming back? Because that was my very, my most favorite beer. Yes. I love it. That is it is. will never go away. And that will be one of those beers that it probably won't hit the canning cycle. Right. But at least a couple times a year, we got to make it because we got to make it. I like the bombers too because I can bring a bomber of, of supple quality to a share or to a friend's house and we can all share it as opposed to cans where you have to bring two or three cans to make sure everybody gets some. Um, speaking, you know, speaking of. Yeah, here we go. Speaking of haze, we've got a haze from Treehouse. Treehouse. Yeah, they're making some great beers out of Treehouse. Um, as you guys know, Mike and Nate get along pretty good. Yeah, we had a fun time before they grew. Before they grew into their new expansion, they came to our previous brewery, which was a 30 barrel system. And we made beer together, and also we made beer in their brewery. It was a fun, fun double IPA called David. Um, okay. It was really, really fun to have them come and make it. Very great people, obviously, they're making fantastic beers, too. So, just do a collaboration with them. Another one? Let's Another. do it. Let's do it. Let's no. do it. 
Well, we demand it. The, the, the hosts of Dumb Free Beer Radio demand a, a collaboration. No, actually, I, I've enjoyed all the collaborations you've, you've done. Um, most recently, he came back. Uh, Joey here came into town, and he was looking to do a barrel chain smoker. And I ended up uh, having one, and we opened it, and it's drinking fantastic, by the way, still to this day. And I was here for the release, or at the little tavern for the release, and, and um, it, it's still drinking amazing. And that was a collaboration with Cycle. Yes. Do you guys have, now that you're growing into the, the new brewery and you're, you're growing in, you know, and you, you've got over the growing pains or almost over the growing pains, I don't want to say you're over because I don't know from experience, but do you see doing more collaborations um, in, in the future? Yeah, we do. I hate to let the cat out of the bag. But well, you don't have to. We, we've got a couple of pretty powerful collaborations lined up right now. And awesome. I, I think people are going to be pretty excited when they hear about it. Um, also, the second beer we did with Cycle Brewing is called Homestake. Yes, which, that's right. Which is pretty cool. That was a really fun beer to make. I never got to try that one, but I've heard good things. Oh, man. It was a really fun beer to make because when we make beer, for both of the beers, we wanted to do something different than the consumer wanted. Right away, the consumer wanted us to make big stouts yeah. for both the class. And we did not do that for either one. Yeah. So we had a really fun time with chain smoking. Now, how can we top this or at least equal it? So we made a barrel aged strong ale. The caveat was they lined up some pepper honey. So this honey, this honey came from, from pepper fields and only the bees only pollinated pepper plants. So I was I was excited. I thought, what is this honey going to taste like, you know? And our great ladies think, oh, maybe, maybe garden taste, maybe spicy, whatever. Yeah. What was amazing is it was straight beer citrus. Interesting. It, it was really? Okay. I think it's the most amazing honey I ever tasted. Just citrusy and marshmallowy. And just, it was really good. Yeah. So that, that went into, into the beer. They call it, they call it home state. Um, in honor of Doug's home state. And it, it, it's a really nice, very strong ale. Awesome. It, it's fun talking about collaborations because this weekend is Collaboration Fest in Denver. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. So maybe someday we might see you collaborate with somebody in Denver. Cause, so in-state type of thing. Like the in, so brewery gets to do essentially two collaborations. I think that they flex the rules, but two collaborations. They tend to collaborate with one in-state, so you're using, collaborating with a brewery in the state of Colorado. And then you can usually bring someone and do one from out of state. So that'd be fun. We have friends at Crooked State, so they come right time. There you go. That'd be awesome. There you go. So, so remind our listeners how long have has Top and Goliath existed, and and it's you know what it is today. How long? Thank, that, thank you for that. Uh, we started in 2009, and we started doing a, a half barrel system, basically a sapo pilot system. So in 2010, we acquired a 10 barrel system. We grew that fast until around um, 2013-2014. We bought a 30 barrel system. And now, last year, we, we pulled the trigger and bought this beautiful 100 barrel Steinker brew house, yeah. which is an absolutely phenomenal brew house. We pull out all the stocks on, on this brew house, and if you if you get a tour with me or Mike on it, you can just you'll see the details as to why now our beers, even though we've scaled up so large, yeah. are tasting just as juicy as we've ever made them. Maybe not better. So we're pretty excited about that. Also, we still own all of our brew houses. So we have a 10-barrel brew house um, that we're planning on building another brewery on site. It'll be a complete separate location. It's basically going to be Mike's playground where we're going to do nothing but sours. And we have a 30-barrel system also that we're looking to give a home somewhere out on the west coast for our expansion out there. 
That's awesome. There he goes. That's that, was, that was that was actually a, a question with the was it the rumor true? Or are you expanding? It's true. Um, we, we have a consultant hired. We've been looking at real estate pretty heavily out there. Um, it, the, the Seattle market is a fantastic beer market. A lot of great breweries. The thing about it is it, it is such a great beer market that there's always room for more great breweries. You know, your average breweries and your macro lagers, not so much. Right. Now, now, the question here we have is, w- with that topic, is looking back to when we got started, did you ever, I mean, every business, you know, person imagines something, you know, but did you ever imagine you'd make it to this, to, to right here, right now, um, on Drama Free Beer Radio Podcast, no, I'm kidding, um, here in this awesome, amazing facility on the Evo Assassin Day, one of the best, you know, and biggest stouts on the market, did you ever imagine that you would be here today? You know, I, I have to be honest, I can't imagine, I, I can't imagine that I would have thought like this. I hoped we could make some really good beers and survive in this local market and do well in it. I just, I, I really didn't imagine we could, we could become this popular so quickly and really have our popularity not fade, but be growing, especially the way breweries have been popping up and how, how great breweries are. I mean, great beer is really local now. There's not too many places where you can't go a handful of blocks and drink some really great yeah. beer. Absolutely. You know, so I'm pretty fired up that we did that. You know, I started the company as a hobby business and now it's my full-time job. So it's a beautiful thing though. It's pretty pretty exciting. As you know, we're all in, we're in cross states and four countries. So, you know, we're just gonna to continue to march forward and to be very thankful for our fans. Jones that, yeah, that, that we get we know you're not gonna drink our beer every day. Yeah. I don't drink our beer every day. But you know, if we can join you a day or two during the week, yeah, we're gonna right. be really happy with that. That's wonderful. That's really, really So cool. would you change anything or one thing? you've done so far, would you change it? And if so, um, what would it be or what would you have done in, in that instance? If I could change one thing? That you've done to, to now. You know, is there something that, you know, you, you, you wanted to change about Top and Goliath? Or if you look back over the now nine years, almost nine years, um, there's something that sticks out, like maybe we shouldn't have done that. I don't want to call it a mistake because there are always, there are always lessons, right? That's just a way to learn. Because there's something that sticks out and you're like, man, we should have done that differently. Oh, there's been a number of things that I wish I wouldn't have done that I did anyways, but I can't really wish it away of course. because it's been a part of the, the learning curve and, and what has made me recognize how to lead this company. Properly. And I can say probably the, the, the biggest thing is when we had our tap room and our production brewery separated because us brewers lose touch with our bosses, the customers. Yeah. And now, now that we, we finally made the decision to do this and we have everyone together, that has really been great for us. So probably, my key, probably what I would have did differently shut down the downtown tap room when I built our first new 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 project. So the first new brewery was 12,000 square feet. This is actually our third brewery in Decor. It's our second new build. So I would have did that a little differently and shut it down downtown. 
Awesome, awesome answer. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, word on the street here is you like whiskey. What uh, what is your favorite? So I have to say, you know, Mike has really opened my eyes to great bourbons, mm-hmm. and you know, right now I'm drinking some some pretty nice stuff. So we have a little whiskey. I mean, we have, we have happy, which is obviously great. I love the happy twenty year myself. There's there's been a few a few bourbons that have been really really special. Um, one thing, I, I just have a little bit of will, okay, which is really nice. Uh, I think Four Roses is doing um, doing great work as well. Doing 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 really nice work, I have to say. Uh, so basically, I, I put those right there on, on the top of the line. But this is where you've got to get Mike involved with the, with the podcast and just let him tear through this, and you'll see uh, you'll see as much knowledge about bourbon as he has knowledge about beer. Which that's an that's an exciting that's an exciting direction that that marries well. Yeah, I think it, it, it's unfortunate. State of Iowa has such archaic laws yeah. and won't allow a brewery to be a distillery as well. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. We've got a one, one of my local breweries in, in Denver. They're flirting with the idea of trying to figure out how to wiggle wiggle into being able to do that in the state of Colorado, being essentially a distillery and a, and a brewery. There's great efficiencies there between mash and between being able to have whatever barrels you want whenever you want. So there is, there is. Yeah, Mike gave me a special a special little bottle for a fun alcohol trip if I was successful and it's, it's Michter's Ride. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's nice. It's a beautiful beautiful. So I, I would recommend that if you can get your hands on it. All right. You've got a good ride brewery here in uh, here in the state of Iowa, or still here in the state of Iowa. We do. We do. And thank goodness the laws were loosened up a little bit to let them make more of their great bourbon. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So we have a tradition here on the podcast. Um, we're we're 25 or so episodes in, and we have a question. It's a non-beer question, yep. and it probably will get a laugh out of you, but uh, it, it was a goofy question, but um, I always ask it, and I need to know your answer. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, it is. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It is, and actually, it, it can be a gourmet sandwich, and here's what I'm talking about. And also... A burger could be a dog, and they're burger dogs. But if you take that gourmet hot dog, you've got all everything perfect on it. Sometimes you slice it in half, sometimes you don't. But you know what? It's in your hand. That's a sandwich. I like it. You know what? I'm not going to let my other co-host lose this one down. Clark from T. Clark from TG said it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. It settles it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. You set me up on that, by the way. Yeah, we like to break it up a little bit. We do, we do. Um, yeah, I'll ask more for Sid. This is going to be year nine. Start 2009. Obviously, next year is going to be year number 10. Do anything special for the 10-year anniversary? Or from a brewing standpoint. Go cow the bag if you're painting. No, but from a brewing standpoint, if you got, you know, you got a year and a half, two years, you need to start thinking, well, if you're going to brew something yeah. special for it, especially if it's going to end up in a barrel. You gotta, yeah, we're, we've been thinking about that. You know what? We're, we're always working on special things, and, you know, so right now we have one pretty great style named after a pretty well-known aircraft, and we'll <laughs> come through again. So as, a, as an Air Force veteran, I could see another aircraft zooming through our history. I, like I appreciate it. that. 
So thank you for your service, by the way. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Do you, um, real quick, you guys can't see this, but do you guys uh, on the pot, do you have this on your on your tag? ID? Yes, I do. Thank right. you for your service as well. Thank you. So um, getting back here, uh, we have a hard-hitting question here. It's going to be really hard for you to answer. Um, do you have a pet? Awesome. I like it. Well, I tell you, I, I've had dogs all my life. Um, had had cats. I currently don't have any pets because of my travel schedule. But I've had dogs, cats, fish, um, lizards. Which there's actually one lizard I would love to get. I met a really cool bearded dragon. Okay. This bearded dragon that came to our morning delight release. Really? And it's really neat because I actually put a picture of it on Twitter because when I went to meet the lady, he jumped right on my shoulder. So, you know, and I, was, I, was, I always really enjoyed reptiles and amphibians as a child. So, you know, I had, had all those as pets. But right now, currently, um, nothing. I will have some pets over the summer. I have. I usually have my own nightfall farm for fishing. Very good. So, the, the ones that are lucky get released in the fall. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think we have one last question over from our viewers, and we're getting we're getting near the time that we were scheduled for. Um, one last question here from one of our listeners is: Is there going to be? Are are you planning on doing a stop that's going to be on besides Rubber Truck, a stop that's you know, you know, I say top tier and, and be on on draft all the time at the tap room? Do you have any plans yeah. to do something like that? Yes, yeah, we've been talking about that. So we have a, a pretty nice stout. We've used it as our base that we're thinking about refining. It's called Norseman's Wrap. Yep. Okay. So we, we've been talking about that, and that's basically an imperial stout. So the morning latte is going to become our everyday stout that's going to sit and coexist with, with rubber truck. Okay. Right there, it'll, it'll taste different with, you know, the, with the lack of that. It'll have a little bit creamier feel, be a little lower ABD. But we have been working on having a an imperial style non barrel agency. So also soon we plan on we also plan on having a barrel aged stout on tap at the tap room all the time. It's okay. just, it's gonna take us a while to come into that. And you guys probably remember this. I'm pretty sure I saw you there, but I think you were there when we when we uh, had our, our barrel aged stouts on tap. It was our uh, uh, what do you call that? That series. Uh, it was it was the different adjuncts, right? Let me look at my. Yeah, it was, it was it was all the different barrels. It's, it's crazy with your own beard. Uh, you make so many beers that, that that one loses your mind. It was our experimental stouts, and we did something different with it. Because um, there there were numbers behind it. Yes, I remember that. Turmoil. Turmoil. So, yeah, because well, you had different numbers, yeah. and each one was a different. We did something different adjunct, and, and we are going to do that for the consumer. So what we did with that, we had a really nice barrel-aged stout, and we thought to ourselves, you know what, what we normally do with our barrel-aged stouts, we buy them, we have a release, they're gone, a lot of local stuff gets trained, a lot of people don't yeah. get trained. So the Turmoil Project actually had barrel-aged stouts for Top Gun Goliath on tap for eight months. And, right. and what we had to try was individual barrels and length of barrels, and each one we let you know what you were trying. So it was really fun to come up. I know I remember seeing you there. I, I, I came up for every turmoil and I'm awesome. proud to say that 
every time that a new turmoil number was put on, I, I drove up. I was in Davenport, so it's a three-hour drive, which is an easy drive for good beer. So, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I did. I, I'm proud to say on my own tap, I have every turmoil ticked. Um, and they were all delicious. Um, definitely really good, really worth the drive. Yeah, that's, thank, thank you. That's, that's something I'd like to see more. I mean, especially, you know, in, in Denver, we've got we've got a couple really good breweries that are doing barrel-aged stouts and things like that. I would like to see them do that a little bit more, where it's essentially a featured barrel or a featured type of bourbon. Like, you're doing this stout was in a Woodford Reserve barrel, this stout was in a, you know, whatever barrel. I'd like to see that a little bit more, where you're actually featuring the, featuring the whiskey or or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Else. So, is there anything that you want to, uh, you know, tell us about PG? Is there anything that we should look forward to besides, obviously, tomorrow the uh, the the first release in the tap room? Um, you know, is there any, any millions of people are listening? Millions of people. Oh, I already knew that. <laughs> I'm appreciative that you all are listening. Yeah. One thing I can say uh, that, that's going to be very exciting in the next couple of days in Decor, even if you didn't get a ticket to come to the release, we do have our assassin point around town. Let's get into those events. Um, come in also. If, you, if you're here for our opening, we'll have some assassin here. Should be able to get a board. We're hoping it'll last. You're going to see a lot of fun things happening with us as we as we start to get into our stride here. Um, you got a, you got a chance to check out the breweries. You notice we have about 30,000 barrel capacity with the tanks we have. The infrastructure is set up to grow up to 100,000 barrels. As we do that, we're going to continue to create new and exciting brands, and we're going to bring as we we've done our half time fast to bring some of our brands that, that people are really digging in the cans. Like for instance, we talked about King Sue. Well, imagine Sosis is going to be heading that same direction. So that's a really fun double IPA. We get that in cans. Um, to tell you the truth, we're also working on a Pilsner that we think is pretty exciting. Okay. You know, and you know, our take on a Pilsner is, you know, there's there's a macro lager that's kind of giving Pilsner a bad name, but mm-hmm. there's some really exceptional Pilsners that are being made right there. And we've got a few other beers that we think are going to get the attention of the nation. We're working on a forever beer with the Field Museum. It's a very unique beer. So when that when that beer is released by the Field Museum sometime around September, that's definitely going to be a beer you're going to want to see Calvin try. So I think you'll just continue to see us uh, striving towards innovation and moving with the ebb and the flow of the market as much as we can considering how challenging it is for breweries today to align themselves with good hot contracts. Right. I, 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 we have a local brewery in Des Moines that's been, I've talked about contracts before, um, and we've talked about it on the podcast as well. Um, do you, so you mentioned how many states you're in and, and all the distribution you have. Are you looking to, you know, keep expanding that? Do you want to be in that, all 50 states, and, and do you want to, are you trying to be, you know, exclusive and, and keep it kind of, you know, there's an exclusivity. Ex, I didn't pronounce that right, but there's a there's a there's a limitation here where you kind of want to keep it. And it brings that draw to you. Are you worried about that, or do you want to keep expanding and get your beer out there to the masses? Uh, we're really what we want to do is continue to grow in select markets. So recently, you probably noticed we moved to the um, Massachusetts and Rhode Island market. Yeah. This is something that Mike and I actually started to talk about five years ago. 
we started a plan for it a little more three years ago, and a year ago we started to really fine-tune the plan. And there's a reason we moved to that market, and we're very selective with the markets we move into and, and the partners we move with. So no, we don't. We do want to be known nationally, but we don't necessarily have to be a national brand. We don't have to be available in, in every state. The last thing we want to do is overgrow. You know, you're seeing some breweries right now. There's a there's an East Coast brewery. It's been a brewery for 20 years, shutting down. Well, you green, know, green green flash, green green flash. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great example. That's not what we want to do. So you know, our our goal is to be selective, find those those markets. Like Boston is a beer town. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely a beer town, and that's why we fine tune the plan to go there. And they are. They are. And it actually, it, it's a great lager town. We, our Dorothy's lager is so well received out there. You know, we got Jack's Avenue out there. And of course, you know, it's really nice. You can only go up from Dorothy's, too. Dorothy's a solid, you know, everyday drinker. So that's a, that's you know, a, it's that gateway beer. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And it, a lot of people don't know more are getting to know, but that is the beer that started this brewery. You know, it was an important beer in Northeast Iowa. For the consumer here, but more importantly, as a home brewer, it was that beer after I brewed it, and my brothers liked that they were drinking like 61 or 38, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Super light beers. They hated my beers because they were happy, bold. You know, they said yeah. dark beers are terrible. They drank Dorothy's <laughs> and they actually liked it. It wasn't a beer for me, but I thought, you know what? My brothers would drink this beer. I could start. Other people are going to do that. You know, that's what happened. When you take the Dorothy's and Mike goes down, it's a phenomenal lager. It's not my everyday beer. You know, I'm, I'm a hot guy. But there's a you know, it's it's you, it's right up there in our top one or two selling SKUs month after month. It was so. Was there speaking to Dorothy's? But was there a beer? Or was there a moment where you, like they could that had to be 2009? It could have been in the last few years even where you realized it. This this is going to work. Like from a business standpoint, I'm a business guy. At what point did you realize this, we actually we've done this. We're going to do this. Yeah, it was there. There was there was that aha moment. And you know when you're growing on a half barrel system, you're just going to lose money. Yeah. When you're growing on a ten barrel system, you're just going to lose money. Yeah. Especially in a small town like Decora, you can make it happen in a city and be fine, but not in a small town. So. You know, about the time we got the 30 barrel system going, and the first time that Mike and the staff kicked out our hoppy beers through that system, yeah. and I tasted those beers, and what we could do from that point, we bought a fantastic bottling line, the same one that Benny has a Russian River. Tasted those beers after sitting in the bottle for a month. That was the aha moment that, you know what, people are going to be digging this to go through. Now we can finally make enough of it to move these bombers around start to get some attention. So that was the aha moment about about 90 days after we put the 30 barrel system um, in full-time production. Awesome. Awesome. I've been all in ever since. That's a good place to be. It's a really good place to be. So we're about out of time. Joey, do you have any uh, parting questions? I don't have any questions. At all. I do appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't be prouder be on your, on your podcast. I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely want to get Mike involved, please. And you know what? Let's do it. Let's do a 10 year anniversary podcast. I like it. That'd be really I fun. like the way you think. It'd really be fun if we could uh, if we could be the first ones to try a special beer right here. I like it. That'd be wonderful. We'll put the date down. We'll, you, I'll have Jessica send me the details after this. 
Uh, is, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners before we uh, end the show? There is. First off, I want to say thank you for supporting craft beer in general. It's what we've done is phenomenal. We're in the golden age of beer right now, and it's not going back. Everyone knows it. So thank you for your support of craft beer. As far as top line volume goes, we couldn't be more excited to have you customers understand your place in what we do. We love to hear from you, whether it's good or bad. Just be fair. If it's good or bad, we, we listen very seriously to your comments that are good. And if there's something that has run astray for either your palate or your taste or, or for what we've done, we'd love to hear that as well. So we're really, really easy to get a hold of. If you send an email to brewery at tgbrews.com, everyone in the company. So we really enjoy that. Really enjoyed my time with you guys today. And, uh, I've enjoyed sharing beers as well, especially you know when we yeah. found out it was turmoil. And that could be why we maybe we're a little fuzzy on that. It was turmoil. <laughs> yep, it was. Um, so thank you for your time again. And... Um, I think that's it. I think we had we, we we've talked about everything we want to talk about. I heard everything we want to talk about. We appreciate your time. I appreciate Joey coming all the way in from Colorado. Man, and, thank you. And uh, thanks for coming up from Des Moines too. Yeah, we're 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 looking forward to tomorrow. The festivities out in town tonight. Yes. Um. So thank you. And um, we're gonna end the show. Joey has a saying that he always tells our listeners. Everybody, be well. Stay drama free, guys. We are out. Cheers. Guys, it's one of my best Welcome to the Time Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.